Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host and co-pilot. And she actually kind of is a co-pilot, sort of, genetically. Uh, Leanne, Leanne <laughs> Weppin, along with Camaro Dave, Commander Chris, coming to you from our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. Well, I was thinking about how to intro you. And I, I so all I can say is he's back. Yeah. It's our, <laughs> He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. The the poltergeist has returned. Yeah. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Author extraordinaire. And we're going to be talking about your Thanksgiving dinner today on the show, which we always have Meathead in before the holidays because he's always entertaining and full of information. So first of all, welcome. Thank you. Always good to be with you and uh, Leanne. Mm -hmm. I think you really made a smart move asking her to join you. Uh, oh, I thank you. I did. I did. Yeah, I really I mean, like it. She's you're good, good at it. She's oh, good at it. Thank you. And she's got that smile when you just, just, you know. Which me- really shows well on radio. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway. but, but there, we're almost ready to release a bunch of these, these uh, interview tapes. So. Uh, yeah, we're not nice. like Nixon. 74 oh no, you mean you got months. these tapes with me picking my nose and stuff? We do. Oh yeah. Oh, now an incentive for everyone to watch. <laughs> <laughs> the best part, I think, on the meathead interviews is when he gets up and walks away from his chair, and you see his sweatpants hanging down. <laughs> I, I like to tease him about that. So, anyway, let's talk turkey here for a minute. Um, conventional turkey traditional dishes uh on thanksgiving basically is um bake it in the oven bring it out baste it a bunch of times uh then try to jam everything in the oven and get it the finished cooked whether it's your green beans or your pies or what have you and that's kind of the traditional way but i don't think between the three of us we all do that no that traditionally so what goes on at the goldwood residence well, you know, um, for many years, um, my wife and I have been going to one of her brother's house. She has two brothers and one of them uh, hosts a big party for the family. And uh, he does his, the traditional Norman Rockwell bird in the yep. oven. Yep, yep. And I do mine on a smoker. And uh, there's two birds. And uh, you can guess which one goes first. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I I have some some useful tips for your listeners on um, how to how to have a great um, Thanksgiving. If and uh, you, you you say the word and I'll I'll start working my way down the list. 
Well, other than a, a double single malt uh, on the rocks, uh, what what's your tips? Well, well first, first off, <laughs> I, I was going to say uh, fresh or frozen. Yeah, ah, I go for frozen. Um, I do too. And, and that's because at the uh, farm or the slaughterhouse, they have gotten very good at quick freezing, mm-hmm. um, which is a technique or very cold air freezing or water um, chilling, then freezing, um, which creates very small ice crystals. If you freeze a big turkey in your own freezer, it's not very cold in there and you get bigger crystals and they puncture the cell walls and you have more moisture loss. Um, But uh, the professional freezers get it very small. Same goes for fish too. Um, And so the fresh turkeys, the U.S. law says that it can be as cold as 26 degrees. And that's pretty darn solid. It's yeah. like frozen. Um, but if it's not, if it's still, you know, like you would think a fresh animal to be, you know, flexible. I mean, I don't want a bird that was, say, slaughtered in um, uh, Missouri and then loaded on a truck and then shipped to my home in Chicago where it goes to a warehouse and then it comes out of the warehouse and goes to the grocery store and sits on the loading dock for a half an hour. Then it goes into the, you know, the case and it sits uh-huh. airframe. So by the time you get a so-called fresh Turkey, it can be two weeks old or more. Um, so I would rather have a, a fresh frozen bird. The trick here is you got to recognize no matter how big it is, it's going to take probably four days or more to defrost it, folks. Mm-hmm. So um, Thanksgiving's on Thursday. Get it out of the freezer on Sunday. Yeah, Monday at the latest. Um, and, and it uh, frees up space too. Yes, <laughs> although yeah. you, although <laughs> you, you do have a lot to, of space. Do, although you do have to defrost it in the refrigerator, right? You don't let it sit on a counter. Right, right. Now, yeah. in an emergency, if you forget to like Tuesday or Wednesday. You can put it in a beer cooler with a couple of bags of ice um, and that cold water, even though it's 32 degrees, is going to remove the heat from the bird faster than than the refrigerator temp. Um, uh, So uh, it will it will warm it faster and thought faster. And then at the very last minute, if you have to, you can put it on this on the counter for a couple of hours. You can actually even cook a frozen bird. It's not ideal because uh, you're going to overcook the outer layers while the inner layers thaw. Mm-hmm. But you can actually cook a frozen bird in an, an ultimate emergency. The next question I have is, do you feel as if a smaller turkey, and I'm going to call smaller like a 12 to 14 pounder versus a 20, 21 pounder, has a better flavor than a bigger bird? Um, I don't know. I think in theory it does that generally old, larger animals or older animals and older animals um, uh, have different flavor than young animals. You know, hence the, uh, uh, the love we have for suckling pigs and mm-hmm. um, right. corn hens and so on. But I don't I don't know from personal experience that it does. But there's an advantage to smaller birds. If you got a big crowd to cook for instead of a 24 pound bird, two 12 pound birds. Uh, would be my recommendation because then um, they'll cook faster. Therefore, mm-hmm. there'll be less moisture loss. Remember, one of the 
key essentials to always remember in cooking is how thick is what you're cooking. So the thicker those turkey breasts are, the longer it takes for the heat, the energy to go from the outside and penetrate all the way down to the center and going through um, uh, the turkey breast, which is muscle mass, and it's about 75% water, it's very good insulator. It takes a long time, as you know, to get the heat down to the center and get it up to a safe temperature of 160, 165. Um, but if you have two smaller birds, then the breasts are thinner. They will cook faster. They will be more tender and more juicy. And you so, get four legs and four wings. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. I love, I love crunching on the wings. Um, could you feasibly do, uh, I know you like to spatchcock your birds, meathead. Um, I do too, but I also have traditionalists. So if you got two 12s, and you did one the Norman Rockwell way and you did one mm. the Spatchcock way so that people could see it and they'd mm -hmm. be happy and their and their dreams are fulfilled. Let's talk about the cooking times between the two. I like that strategy, by the way, because people do want to see the Norman Rockwell bird. It yeah. is mm -hmm. traditional. Now, if spatchcocking, in case your listeners are not familiar with the term, it's a slightly naughty sounding word for just butterflying the bird. Mm -hmm. Um what you do is you take a really good sturdy pair of kitchen shears um, and you need a good sturdy pair because on a, on a turkey, those you're going to cut out the backbone yeah. and the backbone is connected to the rib bones and the rib bones can be pretty, pretty stubborn on a big bird. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if necessary, a pair of tin snips will work as long as it's really clean. Um, then spatchcocking after you've cut the backbone out is you just lay it out flat. Now you've made it thinner. Um, and if you have a big old bird sitting in the uh, oven or in a smoker, um, there's a bubble inside the cavity. And that bubble never quite gets as warm as the hot air outside. Right. So it's cooler in there. Um, but if you spatchcock it, now you've opened it up and it can get warm all around. And the cavity, which normally stays tan, can brown now. And because you've made it thinner by spatchcocking it, it cooks faster and there's less moisture loss. I have on one occasion successfully under duress taken a spatchcock bird and kind of scrunched it back up into oh my God. <laughs> a, a, a Norman Rockwell shape just for presentation purposes. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, there are people who want to see that whole bird. But of course, this begs the bigger question, which you haven't asked yet, and that, that we need to address, and that is stuffing. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't stuff the bird. Um, that means, think of it, it, with it empty, at least air is getting into the cavity. There's, it, it's not real hot in there. But if you stuff the bird, now you have a bowling ball. It's a solid thermal mass. And for the temperature to rise, in the center of this mass, you've moved the center from the center of the breast to the center of this bowling ball, which is in where the stuffing is. Right. You've got to get that stuffing up to a safe temperature because it's got juices from the bird in it. So it's going to take a lot longer to cook. And in the process, 
all that heat that's trying to get deep into the mass is overcooking the outside layers uh, of the, uh, particularly of the breast. And you're going to end up with cardboard for a breast. There you go. We got to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. I want to give you a little turkey trivia, though. Did you know that only male turkeys gobble? Did you know that? No. Yeah, that's the that them the facts, boss. That. Yep. We're gonna be back with that. Meathead Goldwyn and Miss Leanne right after this. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Oh, I gotta stop laughing here. Welcome back to the show. It's actually the uh, Barbecue Nation Comedy Hour starring <laughs> Meathead Leanne and myself. Uh, this is our Thanksgiving show. Uh, we were just talking about uh, turkeys and you were talking about stuffing. One of the things that I do, because I stopped stuffing the bird a long yeah. time ago. But one of the things that I do is if you want that juice flavor as the bird is cooking, and if you've got it in a pan or there's a drip pan there, I will take out, take my little uh, baster and get a couple basters full of that nice juice and put that on my stuffing oh, and then pop it in the oven. And that's it gives a great it, idea. It gives that's a, it that that's a great technique. Yeah. yeah, I love it. And 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 and, and I, I've got a technique for that juice that I want to share. Yeah, because uh, it really works great. Now, I'm cooking on a grill, but you can do this indoors. First of all, it, most people put their bird into a roasting pan. Right. Now, think about this for a second. Most roasting pans, especially these beautiful Calphalon pans, the sides are like three or four inches high. And the heat gets hitting that side and it bounces off. And you really don't get a lot of hot air under the bird, even if it's in one of those V-shaped racks. And if you think about it, that's why the underside of your bird is always tan and soggy. Well, the, the, the remedy for that is, is to lift the bird up and put the rack on top of the roasting pan instead of in the right. roasting pan. And then warm air can circulate underneath and the underside of the bird, now all that lovely skin can brown and get crispy like the rest. In the pan, I put um, some celery, some uh, carrots, some apples, um, a handful of herbs, sage, parsley, whatever, um, maybe a bottle of white wine, um, maybe even some chicken stock. Basically, I put about three quarters of an inch to an inch. I put the neck, I put the gizzard, I put the wingtips, I put the tail, I put all the trimming in there, and I build a turkey stock underneath the turkey. So <laughs> as the turkey's roasting and it's dripping, that goes into the pan too. And then just before the bird is done, now your, your target temperature is about 160 in the breast or 155. As you take it off, it's going to continue to cook to 165, which is the safe temp. Um, and in the in the thighs, uh, about 165 to 170. Um, so just about 10 or 15 degrees before it's done. Then I'll pull that pan out, leave the bird in there to continue to cook, pull the pan out, strain it, get rid of all the solids and, and junk and, uh, um, and and then taste it. Often needs to be reduced a little. So I'll pour it in a, in, in, in a pot 
and and cook it down just a little bit mm-hmm. and adjust the salt and any seasonings that I want. And I have a wonderful smoked turkey stock, which now is the gravy. Now, I right. don't put flour in my gravy. Um, first of all, if you want the gravy to penetrate the meat, flour is going to prevent it. It just turns it into a very thick slush and it won't penetrate. This stock, which is like a soup, um, uh, a broth, will penetrate. So if you've got turkey breast slices, you can drizzle this stock over and it'll penetrate and add a wonderful flavor. And there's almost always about a quart left over. I tell you, it, it makes a lot. And the day after Thanksgiving, I just drink this stuff by the cup. It's just so good. But uh, you can you, use this. Do you degrease it at all? Yeah. Yeah, okay. if you can. Um, there's not a lot of grease in there because turkey's not a lot of very fat. Right. But this skin that I throw in there and the trimmings and stuff do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do degrease it if I can. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's it's really good. Um, it sounds go, like it's actually easier. You just throw it's a one pot turkey thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I don't even mess with the flour or the cornstarch or any. I'm not trying to make a roux. Um, I know that there are some people who want that really thick gravy for the um, uh, for the mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. So you can pull some aside and make that for the mashed potatoes if you want. But I like it thin like a uh, broth because uh, it really penetrates the meat when you slice it. You know what I I was just flashing on, if you will. That's mentally, not physically. Um, with your with your uh, stuffing muffins, I bet you that is just delightful. If you've got a crusty top on those, and you take a couple spoons and put it mm-hmm. in with that as you're eating mm-hmm. it, <clears throat> it's probably wonderful. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Since now we do this at my brother-in-law's house, so I go over the river and through the woods um, for Thanksgiving Day. I make this all at home and I put the gravy in a thermos bottle. Sure. And so I bring it over and I just set the thermos bottle on the table and people just grab it and douse their turkeys and whatever. <laughs> you would you would get along at our house really well because we have all well, kinds. Of- you know, it's it's not just you know it's. It's it, it, it's not a workman's thermos bottle. It's one of the ones with a pouring spout, you know, that yeah, looks yeah, respectable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's the image. We always talk about the image. So that's that's always good. Hey, I was going to tell everybody, don't forget, Meathead is his website is amazingribs.com. If you have virtually any question about not just barbecue, but cooking in general, you can find something about that, something he's written or one of his staff has written on there. Great tips. I know that when people... Re- I have people all the time send me emails and say, Hey, what about this? I had a guy the other day that did it. And um, I usually just find the link for him on your site and send it to him instead of me having to rewrite something. (laughs) I just say, here, go here. Cause it's, it's uh, well, it's a tremendous, tremendous resource for everybody. Well, there's, there's over 2000 free pages there. Um, uh, Hundreds of recipes, a lot of technique. A lot of science, the types of things we're talking now, um, the turkey page is huge, but it's got everything you'd ever want to know from shopping down to the gravy. Uh, um, so, it, uh, yeah, thank you very kindly. Uh, we work very hard at it and it, it pays off. It's it's the number one most popular barbecue website out there. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most popular food sites, period. It is. It, at one time, it was in the top 25 
of all food sites. I think it, we're down around 50 or 60 now. That's still amazing. Uh, there's a lot of really good food sites. There's a lot more out Yeah, now it's, all, it's all good. We are going to take a break on Barbecue Nation. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, all the podcasting platforms. Um, oh, you know, Meathead, I don't know if I ever told you this real quick before we get out of here for the break. Uh, there's about 8,400 food podcasts and barbecue nation ranks in the top 100, uh, most every day. Um, and that's out of the 4 million podcasts around the world. We, we rank, uh, like 453rd down to 223rd. So we're doing pretty good with it. Anyway, yeah, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with meathead and talk more Turkey right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation, and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink, and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well, they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida, and they bring you fire-grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner, and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the USA Radio Networks and all the podcast platforms that God has created so far. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Also, our buddy David Malik over at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. We appreciate his support of this show, his support of Leanne, myself, and Meathead. GunterWilhelmKnives.com is a great place to shop. If you need somebody that needs to hack something up, go to Gunter. That's probably not in the script, but it sounded good. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were talking about our, our favorite things and technique on your Thanksgiving dinner. And Meathead uh, told us in the break that he has a checklist. Because usually we get to free wheeling on this show quite a bit, especially when he's around. But let's go down your checklist now. Um what should people be doing, planning, and thinking about? Well, first of all, don't take risks with Thanksgiving dinner. You got the whole fam family there. Mm-hmm. And if you screw up, you'll never recover from it. Nope. But no. there's an advantage to that. You don't have to do it the following year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I never thought of that. Um, I was going to recommend that you start now and do a trial run. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know, I like your, uh, I like your, uh, your approach there. Uh, but it, it, you know, if you've not done the bird before, or you're a little nervous about it, then do a trial run. Turkey's great in October. Turkey's great before Thanksgiving. Anytime, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we cook Turkey in the summer. Um, so um, do a trial run, experiment, get everything under control before the big day. Um, let the turkey flavors shine. I get emails from people. I just got one last week. He was asking about injecting it with, uh, um, uh, you know, all kinds of weird flavor. I heard of people using cola and Dr. Pepper. Mm. Yeah. I mean, 
let it taste like turkey. Um, don't 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 try to mask it or change it. You what can amp it up. Though? What about brining? Well, brining now the beauty of salt is it doesn't change the flavor profile. Okay. It amplifies the flavor profile. Uh, you know, garlic and black pepper and all the other herbs and spices, they change the flavor profile, but they're on the outside of the bird. They can't penetrate. And they enhance the flavor of the outside and, and, and at occasional bites. Salt, though, is the magic rock. And we've talked about this before on this show, uh-huh. how salt can penetrate when nothing else can. Salt is just two little atoms, sodium and chloride. When they get wet, they get motivated, they get uh, um, ionized, they go deep into the center of the meat. Whereas all the other molecules, uh, sugar, for example, is 23 atoms. It's too big. It can't penetrate more than a 16th of an inch just into the little tiny cracks and crevices and pores. It can't go deep into the bird, black pepper, garlic, none of that stuff. People who brine it in um, uh, apple juice, they're wasting your money. It it will affect the exterior, but if you taste the center of that breast, you're not going to taste apple juice because it just isn't getting in. Right. But brining is a really good technique. And for a long time, a lot of people were taking that bird and submerging it in a big tub of salt water. Um, and, and, and it works. The salt gets in there and it amplifies the flavor. And also salt mucks with the proteins and helps them hold on to moisture. So it not only amplifies flavor, but it improves moisture. But you don't have to do that. You can just take the bird the day before and sprinkle it with salt, just the same amount you would do if you were eating it. I recommend a half a teaspoon of kosher salt, Morton's kosher salt per pound of meat. Um, And uh, uh, it will penetrate um, in the fridge. It'll get wet and it'll go down and it'll have the same effect. So salt, highly recommended. Um, Do you rinse it off? No, I don't. Um, huh. it, it's going to penetrate. It, it's it, There's not going to be any on the surface. Wow. Do you not? Uh, I know a lot of people and a lot of cookbooks over the years and stuff. <clears throat> excuse me, Meathead. They'll say, take a little, little oil, little vegetable oil, smear it on the skin and under the legs and this and that um i've done it i don't think it did anything it kind of made the skin a little more soggy at in spots but what are your thoughts on that um i like it um i i i think that um some of the herbs and spices chunks of butter yeah some of the herbs and spices um are oil soluble i've used uh I've used oil. I've actually used butter. I, I liked butter better than oil. Uh, yeah, and, me too. The, and the continual basting that people do, you know, they get, uh, even if they've got it on a raised rack, we talked about this in the last segment, there's wonderful juices and stuff down there that, but my mom, I'll just give you a personal example. My mom growing up, she was um, continually basting the bird, got to baste the bird. Of course, she'd put that bird in at 530 in the morning, even though we were eating at two o'clock. And it was uh, dry. I'm being very nice in memory of my mother, but it damn thing was really dry most of the time. So what what was that famous movie with Chevy Chase 
where they serve the turkey and it's so dry, it practically explodes dust all over the place. What movie was that? Was that Animal Farm? Animal? No, no, Animal House. Now, this no, was no, uh, no, no. There, one of the Chevy one. Chase vacation or Christmas movies. Oh, OK, OK. Uh, it's a, it's recall. a funny scene. It's on YouTube. I know it. Um, uh, that's a funny scene. Um, basting is going to make the skin wet. Right. And if you like crispy skin, it's not going to help the skin get dry and crispy. <laughs> um, the other thing is, is that um, you have to remember that 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 meat is muscle and it is full of water. It's 75 percent full. And unless you've dried it out, there's no room in there for more water. So putting it in a uh, in a in a brine bath. The salt will penetrate, but there's not going to be much water going in there. Basting it, it can't get in. Um, there's no room for it. Um, so it's really not necessary. What it does do is it cools down the meat, which makes the cooking take longer. Right. The longer it takes, the drier the meat. So um, I'm not a big fan of basting. I I just... I, I like, don't base my turkey. I, it seems yeah. fine. Well, and a lot, a lot of them now, you know, some marketing genius that uh, they're self basting. Yeah, they're self basting. <laughs> I don't know how they they have a little brush inside and they just do it like a bath <laughs> brush right, or something. Well, right. Self basting is 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 there's several terms um, on the label if you see them uh, self basting or enhanced. Um, almost all turkeys nowadays are injected with water um, to make it juicier and a little salt, um, salty water, and sometimes even some spices, um, which makes it juicier and more flavorful and helps it hold on to moisture better. And it, and they're allowed to go up to, I think, 8 or 10%. Uh, but just do the math. 10% water added to the bird is 10% profit added to the bottom line. Right. Mm -hmm. Water is a lot cheaper than meat. <laughs> so, uh, and right. you're not going to find, I don't think it's very hard to find a turkey that hasn't been injected. Um, there is, believe it or not, near me, a, um, uh, a butcher shop where they slaughter turkeys while you wait. You walk in there and they're in cages and you can point at them and say, I want that one. And he'll take it in the back. And you'll hear the squawking and squabbling. And uh, oh, he's, yeah, nice. the problem with this is, as I learned the first time I bought a turkey from him, is it goes through rigor mortis. And I, I bought this bird like the day before Thanksgiving, thinking I'm going to get a really fresh turkey. And it was hard as a rock. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Oh, boy. Well, the turkey probably wasn't too happy either. No, you know, you know. Here's a, here's another tip. Um, don't trust the pop up thermometer. No, they're typically set for 180 degrees, 170 degrees, which is um, their way of being safe for you. They don't want you to get sick. Uh, poultry often is susceptible to Salmonella and Campylobacter, and they're common in poultry, particularly chickens. Turkey less so, um, but. Um, the pop-up thermometer is set too high. Um, you have to in this day and age, and you've heard me preach this every time I'm on the air with you guys, and I know you do it when I'm not on the air. 
Get a good digital thermometer. This is 2022. Those old dial thermometers are not accurate. They take forever. For $30 or less, you can buy a good digital thermometer that will give you a precision reading in five seconds or less. Um, uh, I, we have an electrical engineer that we've hired to test thermometers. We have a database of thermometers, so you can look up, if you want to go on Amazon and look up and find a thermometer, you can cross-check it against our ratings and reviews. We don't sell any of them. Um, we link to where you can buy them. Uh, but uh, a, a good digital thermometer, not just for turkey, but for everything you cook. So here's a couple couple things. One, what I do is when I put my turkey in the smoker, I always put the side with the pop-up thermometer closest to the door. And after it started to cook a little bit, if I go out and check it, I'll pull it out and just take it out of there. Oh, yeah. I pull it out during the um, prep process. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just do that. The other thing, though, and we've only got about a minute, so we can pick it up on the other side. Should people freak out because of things you were just talking about, bacteria, salmonella, blah, blah, blah. They're carving the turkey, and all of a sudden they get down to uh, a leg bone or a wig bone, and there's a little red there. And mm. sh should they be losing their marbles about that? Actually, we're going to take a break, and Meathead's going to answer that question for us when we come back on Barbecue Nation right after this. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation on USA Radio Networks. I'm JT, along with Miss Leanne Whippin. And Mr. Meathead Goldwyn, both of them Hall of Famers, I might add. That's make, right. Make me jealous right. there. Leanne just got inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Yes, yep. thank um, you. Should have happened honor. years ago, but uh, uh, she is. It happened, a, uh, so I'm happy now. And yeah. I, to, uh, to my, at my last count, there's only 30 of us left alive. Um, so that's a very small brother brotherhood that we're yeah, in. it is, it is small. You're right. You guys kind of remind me of like being in Sicily, you're the black aprons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they give you a black pinstripe apron, uh it's right there behind you. Yes, yeah. mine is hanging on the wall, on the wall there. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, let's pick up where we left off back in the last segment, Meathead. When people are, you know, maybe it's their first time maybe it's a young couple that wanted to do i'm just setting it up here mm. the, the first thanksgiving and maybe the young lady hasn't had a lot of experience or the guy whoever's cooking it doing that um you know and we've preached the gospel to them about get a good digital thermometer blah 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 of that but they get to cutting on it and all of a sudden they'll get down to one of those bigger bones femur or something and there's a little red usually right by where the hooks into the joint to start yes. with and yeah. should they lose their cookies over that <laughs> well there's no reason to lose your cookies over much of anything in the kitchen but it is an it, it can be upsetting people have been trained that pink juices are risky or dangerous um and almost all your cookbooks tell you to cook chicken or turkey until the juices run clear um and you will often find um red uh, juices or 
slightly red meat at the joint between the drumstick and the thigh or between the thigh and the body of the bird. Um, and uh, that's not atypical. One of the reasons that that happens is, is they have crossbred and crossbred and crossbred these birds until they come up with a bird that grows very fast. Because the longer it takes to grow the bird, the more expensive it is, the more food it eats, the more room it takes, and so on. So they want them to grow fast, and they also want big breasts um, because it seems that a lot of people like the white meat. Um, so they've bred the birds to give you these um, uh, uh, big breasts and rapid growth. And one of the things that happens with rapid growth in turkey and chicken is that the bones don't thoroughly calcify, particularly at the ends. B bones are made of calcium. Mm -hmm. And as the bird is young, those bones are very thin and delicate. And inside the bone is where the marrow is, and the marrow is where blood is manufactured. So at the end of these bones, often the meat has slightly been stained by uh, the blood inside the, uh, the, 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 the marrow inside. Mm -hmm. Also, um, there are other factors like the pH of the meat and the stress the bird is under that can give you pink juices. If you're using a digital thermometer, if you use it properly, 160 um, is the temperature I target. 165 is what USDA recommends. If you take it off at 155 or 160, it will go up to 165 um, and it'll be safe. Uh, you may see some pink juices or pink meat. If you've used a digital thermometer, you have nothing to fear. But, um, and I'll use a personal example here. I married a microbiologist, a PhD microbiologist, a food safety expert. She just retired from FDA um, and she was head of the food safety uh, section. And if she, if I serve her chicken or turkey that has anything red in there, even though I swear on a stack of Bibles, I've tempted it and it's perfectly safe. It's going in the microwave. <laughs> she just, <laughs> there is just, we, we just are so well-trained. Don't eat pink mm -hmm. poultry. And, yeah. uh, and there's not much you can do about that. But if 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 you're scared or nervous about it, um, uh, you know, a minute in the microwave will usually because what it is, is it's a it's a protein called myoglobin and myoglobin is pink when it's uh, 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 not cooked. When it's cooked, it turns tan or gray. So zapping it will change the color. You know that turkeys can change colors, too. No. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to cover that in after hours, but no. Yeah, they can change colors, especially the little the wattle, the wattle. Yes, their wattles can change color depending I upon their that. emotional state. Yeah, Ooh, you're full of good stuff, man. I yeah, well, that's that's probably the nicest way to put it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but and I imagine those wattles on those birds at that butcher shop are probably pretty purple or blue because that's when they're panicking. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just just throwing that out there uh let's go with sides for a minute we've still got a few minutes left here traditional sides mashed potatoes and gravy stuffing maybe a green bean casserole uh all that is great great stuff sweet potatoes or yams depending on your preference love my favorite thing though is friday when the football games are on um, especially up here where I live that day after Thanksgiving is normally the civil war game between Oregon and Oregon state. So man, I have a big turkey sandwich. I have some 
mashed potatoes and gravy, little leftovers, little sweet, little stuffing. Uh, you know, and of course, we've got all the appetizers still, the, the condiments and different things like that. They're still hanging around. That's my big deal. But what are your personal favorites, me, Dad? You know, I got to ask you, though. Pie. I know that. Pie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pie. And that's the beauty of cooking your bird on the grill. There's more room for pie in the oven. Yeah. You know, count me in on the cranberries. Uh, my wife does a wonderful cranberry sauce with Asian pear and orange zest. Mm. And boy, is that ever good. Meathead, we'll stick around for after hours. I've got more turkey trivia for you. One I can't wait to share with you. But Meathead, uh, real quick, where can they find... Uh, inspiration and information <laughs> well i i own and operate the world's largest and most popular barbecue and grilling website called amazingribs.com and it's much more than ribs everything you can think of including turkey and stuffing and muffins and uh, and so on um and yeah uh, you might want to check out our pitmaster club uh, to take a 30-day free trial um and then uh i have a book uh meathead the science of great barbecue and grilling and it is um, the uh, best-selling uh, barbecue book on the market right now. And uh, it's won all kinds of awards. It was a New York Times bestseller and uh, Southern Living really Magazine. my favorite book. Oh, God, yeah. I love you for that. Thank you. I think you. Michael Simon said the same thing. Yes, too. he did. He, said, <laughs> he, he did recommend it. And uh, mm -hmm. Southern Living Magazine called it one of the 100 best cookbooks ever. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm very proud of it. And uh uh, so they're it's full of good information, and uh, you can reach me through the website. I'm on social media, but I don't do much out there. I, I share on social media, but I really don't spend a lot of time reading. If you got a question, just come to the website. Every page you can ask a question. Either I or one of my well-trained moderators will be there for you. There you go. Awesome. Well, happy Thanksgiving early to everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah, happy to you Thanksgiving guys. To I will yep. think of you. Thirty seconds. Can I squeeze in a little something? Maybe. Well, go ahead. I don't know if it'll make it you is, cut, but it'll it try. It is my favorite holiday in the year, and that's because in this fractured, divided nation all across the country, we're all sitting down together and we're all eating the same meal. Uh, we'll be back with After Hours right after this. Thank you, Meathead. Thank you, Leanne. We'll be back Thank next you. week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.